let me answer that in two different ways. One is I can give you all the tips to do that. Uh, and it's and they're great. And they're like putting a Band-Aid on because the root of the problem is you're an anxious, ruminating mind. And mm -hmm. so, yes, you can, let's say you can make your sleep better. That's great. Uh, but finding the root cause of what's causing that anxiety uh, is really where it's at. The idea of job security is outdated as a landline. If you haven't been in a search for a while, it's probable you will at some point, by choice or not. Most executives admit to staying way too long or sense what's coming and justify staying anyway. Here, there's another reason. The faulty belief that navigating to what's next will inevitably be worse and has to suck. Screw that. Lauren Greif has spent a lifetime in corporate and executive search, calling bullshit on stale career advice that most still use. This is Career Blast in a Half, the career podcast for executives ready to cut past outdated career advice to fuel your outcomes now. So let's go. Rise and shine, everybody. We are here today on Career Blast in a Half with a treasured guest. And I say treasured because I don't know about how you feel regarding your sleep, but mine is one of the most precious pieces of the day and is also often compromised. David Gandelman is the host of Grounded Sleep. He also is a meditation teacher and let's be honest, I sleep with this guy every night. I mean, I literally, I've backtracked episodes. You can find him on Apple Podcasts, but you could also find him on Insight Timer. And so I found this, the, the extra stash on Insight Timer when I, when I ran out of the episodes on yours. And David, David took a chance on me. I reached out to him in a cold connection. So it does happen and was willing enough to come on the show. So thank you, David, for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, by the way, guys, he tells the best jokes. I'm going to make him tell some. <laughs> and so, David, I mean, how did you kind of like, like, I want to know what is your mission that gets you out of bed and also puts you to sleep at night? Why are you doing this? How did you get to be the sleep guy or the meditation guy? I mean, were you like a crazy person like me and you found that you just needed it? What brought you to this place? Sure. Well, first of all, um, I don't go to sleep to myself at night. <laughs> I can't ask that sometimes. Uh, I started early. I was 16 and I started reading books on meditation and and just really deepening into it as a teenager. And then I got a degree in philosophy in college. And then I went and lived in the Himalayas, in the ashrams uh, in India. And then I ended up spending uh, seven years in Hawaii, learning more, running a meditation school there. Um, and then started teaching online, podcasting, retreats, meditation apps, uh, books, kind of all the 
all of that jazz. Um, and the sleep podcast was really just born out of everybody asking for help for sleep. And I saw the need and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And so I just, um, I just started recording sleep meditations for folks. And that is for whatever reason, probably because most people have a hard time sleeping, the most popular content, everyone seems to want help. Uh, sleeping. And I remember, I think you'd appreciate this. I was doing a book signing at the Boulder bookstore where I lived in Colorado. And uh, a woman came up with, with my book and she said, can you sign this for my sister? She sleeps with you every night. <laughs> and so I signed it. Thanks for sleeping with me. And she was like, oh, sign mine that way too. And I was like, oh, this is going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Wasn't it your brother who turned you on to meditation? Didn't he pass along a book to you? So he wasn't into meditation. He was into psychedelics. He was coming from college and he just forced me to buy a book. And I, I picked up uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and read that. And that's how I got really deep into it. So he forced me to come to the bookstore, but he let me choose whatever book I wanted. And luckily I picked up that one. So there's a lot of, I won't say controversy, but I, I know that the, that meditation is one of those things that we're all understanding of its benefits. You, of course, are, you don't just understand the benefits, you're actually practicing the benefits. But help us understand what is going on that is so disruptive to our sleep, especially when we are in the job search and there's a lot of noise in, in between the years and, and how it is that we like pretend like, and this is not going to happen, pretend nobody has ever listened to your podcast and maybe nobody ever will. And this is your opportunity to reach this audience, which I know you have already had a, a huge impact on is working with C-suiters, but you know, here's the situation, right? You've just been laid off. And you're like stressed. It's three o'clock in the morning and your mind is racing. How do you, how do you reconcile that and, and put yourself in a place where you're able to, to, to function? <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, let me say I'm not a sleep expert or a neuroscientist. I'm just the guy that kind of bores you to sleep or hopefully relaxes you to sleep. So I never pretend to be an expert on the topic of sleep. I'm more of a storyteller, meditation teacher, and guide in that way. Um, that being said, what I've noticed uh, as a human being and part of our human condition is we use our minds to constantly project into the future. Mm. Sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. Uh, it's a fantastic faculty that has built civilization. And it's also what drives us mental because we can't turn off that problem solving machine. Mm. Uh, it's what separates us from animals and from the rest of nature. Right? And yes, a squirrel can, you know, stuff a bunch of nuts into, into the side of their mouths and, and bears can prepare for the winter, but that's their limit. Right. They're not thinking five, 10 years out. They're not building structures. Maybe beavers are. 
human beings were unique in that sense. And so this amazing tool to be able to, to reflect back into the past and process the past and use that information and memory to project into the future is how we function as human beings, along with these beautiful little disposable thumbs. And uh, what's happened, from what I can tell, is the tool has become the master. So <laughs> it, it never turns off. Uh, it gets going. It solves problems. It makes us money. It gives us social standing. You know, maybe you have a fancy degree if you're a C-suiter from a from some fancy university. Everyone, you're so smart. You're so wonderful. You make so much money. <laughs> or you did, and now you've lost that status. So now you're feeling down on yourself and you want to get it again. I need the status back. Um, and and so this this tool has become the master and it drives us mental. And that's why one of the reasons we can't sleep is because it's driving us crazy. Uh, it's constantly projecting into the future and the past and pulling us. And we experience stress and anxiety when there's a gap between where we are in the moment, our physical bodies, and where our mind is. So the more energy your mind takes and pushes into the future or past, the more of that gap there is, and the more stress, anxiety, and mm. fear will start to fill that gap. And so meditation is what we use to bring ourselves back from the past to the future and to ground us into this moment. And that is the work. And it's, it's simple and extremely difficult for most of us. So I often refer to the space between my ears as the, the bullshit manufacturing plant, right? Like that's where it all goes down. And I think you just really spoke to that. So, so beautifully, we're, we're already predicting and forecasting all the stuff that is, first of all, it's never happened yet. And second of all, I don't find any of us necessarily projecting in those moments in particular, something that really amazing could happen. So you have meditation. And then some of the things that you've talked about in your podcast include um, how to set your room up and how to set your person up to encourage more of that sleep. Can you talk about that? Because that has been enormously helpful to me as let's pretend you have a big interview tomorrow or you know, it, 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 you've just been sleep deprived for days and days and days on end. What can we do to really encourage that wind down time so that when we get into bed, we're not tossing and turning? Because a lot of us, myself included, have had to make some behavioral changes. Yeah, definitely. Let me answer that in two different ways. One is I can give you all the tips to do that, uh, and it's and they're great, and they're like putting a Band-Aid on because the root of the problem is you're an anxious, ruminating mind. And mm -hmm. so, yes, you can, let's say you can make your sleep better. That's great. Uh, but finding the root cause of what's causing that anxiety uh, is really where it's at. And unfortunately, most people, they're only interested in the cosmetic solutions. And they're interested in like, let me get better sleep so I can keep producing, so I can get the better job, so I can get the status mm. again and, and pay the bills. And they're not actually interested in the deeper stuff because the deeper stuff is scary. It's like, why at the core of you are you so afraid of failure, mm. to, as an example? Now, if you were to solve that, you would sleep like a freaking baby. 
Uh, but most people are like, nah, I'll solve that later. For now, David, do I, you know, turn off the blue light? <laughs> uh, so, so uh, on the cosmetic side, yes, you know, turn down the blue light, uh, the, the screens a couple hours before bed. You know, there's glasses you can you can buy that are kind of orange in color that will block the blue light. Um, that's probably the most one of the most helpful things for sure that I've that I've noticed. And then there's, you know, the ashwagandhas and the um, valeriums. You could take valerian, however you say it, and some other herbs that will help you relax and go to sleep that are natural. Obviously, melatonin works, but I don't know how good it is for you. Uh, Dr. Robin Berzin, a friend of mine who has a wonderful healthcare company called Parsley Health, I've heard her say, you know, you want to take three milligrams or less. And a lot of people, I mean, I take one milligram of melatonin if I really need it. Uh, and a lot of people are taking five or 10 or 20 before they go to sleep. And I'm no doctor, but um, for what, from what Dr. Robin Berzin says, uh, it's, that's not healthy um, for a lot of folks. And also meditating before bed. So maybe you sit for 10, 20, 30 minutes before you go to sleep and you consciously wind down before you go unconscious. So we actually want to go unconscious consciously as much mm. as possible. Uh, and most of us don't do that. We actually try to knock ourselves unconscious by mm. watching TV, by watching videos. You know, we, we want to just, just knock me out. <laughs> and counterintuitively, you want to you do the opposite. You want to relax deeply into the moment and slow your system down manually and then let yourself let go into sleep. Um, the more relaxed you can go to sleep, the more relaxed your sleep is going to be. And the more relaxed you are during the day as a human being, the more uh, and better sleep you're going to get clearly. So yes, there's all these great tips. I mean, also, you know, blocking out any light coming into the room, having shades that do that it can be really helpful. The temperature a little bit cool and just right. Uh, the mattress being just right. We could do all of those things for sure. They're, they're add-ons. But at the core, if you don't solve what's going on, you know, you might not sleep well for the next 10 or 20 years. And that's a big deal. Um, it's going to mess with every system in your body, cause illness, might even cause depression at some point. So getting healthy sleep is one of the most important things we could do as human beings. And I don't think it's any secret exercise, diet, sleep, and finding a lot of connection and love. You know, those are those are the ways that we uh, live a really well-balanced, healthy lifestyle. So if tomorrow's my big interview and I'm up at two, three o'clock in the morning, let's pretend I don't have you as my solution. What where should I go? What should I do? Go back to the now and try to stop, start meditating? What if I've never done that before? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would even look at why is it such a big deal for the interview? You are hinging your self-worth and your life on what someone else thinks of you and uh, on a lot of events that are outside of your control. So that company might not be a good fit for you. Right? Maybe they've already decided on someone else. Maybe there's nepotism that you don't know about. Uh, maybe your destiny is to have a different job. So there are so many variables and factors that you have no control over. What you do have control over is your mental state, your emotional state, 
right? And your ability to be present and grounded and focus. I think you can focus on what you do have control over, be present and grateful and open-hearted and see if you can actually let go of holding the outcomes hostage in your head. Mm. The more you need a specific outcome, the more you will, you will suffer. I think mm. that equation is almost always true because life is not just going to give you all your outcomes. And even when it does, you're going to get it. And oftentimes you'll find emptiness and it'll lead to something else. Like this wasn't good enough. Now I need a higher paying job or I need more status. I've never seen someone truly find fulfillment in any of that stuff. Maybe a short term, but not long term. So one of the my favorite episodes is where you talk about there's there's two sleep like a baby. I just love sleep like a baby because it it definitely brought me back. But the other one is this idea of predictive dreaming. And in this example where you're talking about to just really focus in on what you can control in the in the stories that you told, especially about the dog who ate the chocolate, I thought that was really good. <laughs> you had this premonition or this idea that this dog was going to eat some some chocolate, and in fact, very soon thereafter, you woke up and this dog was like munching down some chocolate chip cookies. But you said, "Oh no," and it was okay. <laughs> the dog is actually fine. So. Is there a way for us to be able to replace some of those negative thought processes that we fight when we're, we might be up or nervous or afraid and then move over into more of that predictive dreaming, which is maybe a form of manifestation or a, a place where we are moving away from the fear and into the promise? Yeah. And so, first of all, predictive dreams, that's just one type of dream out of many, many types. It's kind of cool and validating if something like that happens. You feel connected. There's a synchronicity to life that mm. opens up. You can you can sense a bit more order. Even though it's incredibly mysterious, I have no idea why life wanted me to have a dream about a dog coming to the house, eating chocolate uh, off the floor, and then me waking up, and then a car pulling up to the house, a dog coming in with someone I didn't know, someone knocking chocolate off the table, and a dog eating it. <laughs> and someone might listen to that and go, well, yeah, I mean, that happened, but that could have been one dream that came true out of thousands that didn't. Um, but to that, I would say, I have, and I'm not bragging or even saying this is cool or necessary to go after just sharing my personal life experience. I've, I've had thousands of dreams come true. Mm. I don't have any control over that at all. Sometimes it's really little things, sometimes it's bigger things. Uh, but for me, what it means to me is uh, I'm bringing more awareness into my sleep and there's a connection to a deeper part of my spirit. Um, and maybe just like we each individually have an unconscious part of us in a conscious part. Maybe there is a collective unconscious or a meta consciousness that we're all connected to. You know, we're on the internet right now talking. It's an ethereal, invisible thing. <laughs> and yet here we are at a distance connected. And for me, that's just a physical manifestation of something that's deep, deeply true on another level. And everything that we create in the physical world 
it, there, there's a truth to that, I think, on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for example, if one day we could teleport from one place to another, again, you know, that's something maybe we could do in our dreams with our mind. And we invent all of these things in the physical that we experience on a deep spiritual level. Um, and besides that, uh, yeah, you can have predictive dreams. You could have lucid dreams. You could have dreams where you're working out. What's the difference? What's the difference where you're conscious. So you're walking Mm. around, you're deciding what you want to do. I've had many lucid dreams where I'll fly. I want to go here. I want to go there. I want to have a conversation with somebody. So it's like waking up in the dream state. Mm. A predictive dream, you might not be conscious. You might have it wake up and go, oh, wow, that was interesting. Almost like a memory. Like we experience memory and then it happens. Um, uh, just one more example. I, I had a dream about a friend. She was in a penthouse in New York City. The penthouse had two steps in the living room. She was with a friend who was dating an older man and it wasn't mm. working out. Very strange. Very, very strange and specific I, you know, I called her. I said, I had this weird dream. It feels like one of those predictive vibey ones. And she's like, that is insane. Last night, one of my best friends, she invited me for dinner to me introduce her to new, her, her new boyfriend. It was in a penthouse. There was two steps in the living room. He's way older than her. And I don't think it's going to work out. And it didn't, I don't think, end up working out. <laughs> that was that was a trip. Uh, that was a total trip. Was that even useful? I don't know. I don't even think it's that useful. Maybe just a bit validating that we're all connected in some very mysterious way that may not even be solvable. And I'm okay with that. Life is deep, deep mystery. And when we go to sleep, we're entering that mystery. Of course, we have very biologically oriented dreams. You eat something, you have a bad dream. You're stressed, Mm. it turns into a bad dream. Somebody's breathing into your ear, you're dreaming about a dog breathing into your ear. So uh, there are levels of dreaming. Some are very close to the physical body and some are way, way out there. Maybe you go to other planets or you talk to deceased relatives or something like that. And so there's different gradients of dreams. And the more we cultivate our awareness, the more we meditate, the more we open up to those higher realms of dreams. And so if somebody is a very intellectual person, a very material-oriented person, uh, they have no connection in that spiritual realm, uh, then they might go, I don't have those dreams and it doesn't exist. I eat, I eat a sandwich at midnight and I have a bad dream and that's all that sleep is. Well, yeah, because that's where their consciousness is and that's mm. what they're experiencing. And so I'm never here to tell someone this is a reality of life, the meta reality or anything like that. You know, be your own scientist, have your own subjective experience, research your own experience for yourself. Uh, and and that's all. It's a subjective world. It's not the objective world. And so we're each going to have our own experience. Um, so I'm, I'm not make, I'm not trying to make any big grand statements about life. It's just my own personal experience and, and how I see it. Um, that being said, you got a, <laughs> you got a job thing going on the next day. It's 2 a.m. You can't sleep. You're super nervous. I'm willing to bet it's not the first time that this has happened, and I'm willing to bet it's not the first nervous experience that you've had that you that's been uncontrollable. So let's back away from the job thing and just ask ourselves, why am I getting so nervous about these opportunities or about these future moments? You know, what is it in me that gets so triggered? And that's a very important question to ask. And mm. if we really peel back the layers, 
Sometimes it's like, ah, I care what my mother thinks or my father or my friends or my coworkers or my social media friends. You know, we're looking from, for some external validation or we're afraid. And we yeah. have to face those energies of lack of self-worth and of fear and work them out, whether it's in meditation and therapy with a coach, however we decide to do it. Uh, otherwise, even if you get the job, then you'll start being up at 3 a.m. Being stressed about that. To do. Yeah. And are you doing a good job? So by no means is getting the job going to end any of that because it's, it's somewhere much deeper. But yeah, sit down when you go to sleep and meditate. And if you can't sleep, meditate for three hours because meditating for three hours is going to have a similar effect on your brain as sleeping. And even mm. if for an hour you're spinning in your head, eventually, eventually, if you keep sitting, uh, your mind will surrender and you'll just be present. And you and there'll be a, what you're going for in meditation is a separation of thought and consciousness. And most people have no separation, which means every thought that they have takes up their whole awareness. It's, mm. like watching, it's like watching a movie and then you feel all the emotions in the film and you become them. And then the movie ends. You're like, oh, my God, where have I been? I got to pee. <laughs> right. Uh, but you lost yourself to the movie. And that's what's happening to us. And so in meditation, we're learning to separate our awareness from the movie. So I am the person experiencing the movie. And one of the meditations I like to do is like experiencing the weather. So if you close your eyes and just ask yourself, what is my internal weather? Is it cloudy with resentment or fear or confusion and doubt? You know, is it sunny and clear and still and inner peace? So you just mm. start to get a sense of the weather. So your your thoughts are, are, a, are a reflection of your energy. Um, and they will tell you how you're actually doing. But you want to be able to separate from them and just have space in your consciousness. And that we cultivate that in mindfulness as we meditate. We more space, less thought. Or if we don't mm -hmm. have less thought, at least more space around the thoughts. And that's mm -hmm. what will bring us some calmness, not letting the thoughts take us for a ride. Oh, my goodness. I could just like put you in my pocket and take you everywhere. This is <laughs> wonderful. So I'm wondering if you would do something kind of on the fly since you said that you were an open book. So sure. for all of our listeners, would you be willing to do and guide us through maybe like a one or two minute meditation right here? Yeah. So this is for you, for everyone who is currently in some kind of career career anxiety or career challenge, or even just in their day-to-day -day position. You don't have to have anxiety or any of these things to practice what David is talking about. So if you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you're not driving, stop and close your eyes and listen to David Gandelman because this man's got a gift. Thank you. And if you're doing open heart surgery on somebody, pause me until it's done. <laughs> I take no responsibility. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. If you're listening and you can't close your eyes, go for it. And what I'd like you to do is orient your attention in between your temples, right? You know how we rub our temples on the sides of our brows, right into the center of your head, right? So we have our two physical eyes. When we close them, we open our inner eye. This is where we have insight from, or realizations, or epiphanies. We go, we say the words, oh, I see. 
literally, though, we're seeing, but with our inner eye. So from this place where your consciousness is sitting, this is where you spend most of your time. I want you to just turn the lights on in your head. Find the light switch, turn the lights on. Just be here. And like I was saying a moment ago, check your internal weather. So if you were to get a sense of that internal weather, what is it like? Is it choppy waters? Is it cloudy and rainy with sadness and depression, grief, confusion, doubt? Is it kind of okay? Is it sunny? Is it nice? And so without changing anything, just like if you were to look out the window, you woke up, you're looking out the window, you're just checking the weather. It's like taking your energetic temperature. And so whatever's there, even if it is a little uncomfortable, if you have anxiety or fear, worry, I want you to look at it with a sense of appreciation instead of, ugh, you know, that like, ugh, dread. Like, wow, sometimes when you look at a storm, it's beautiful. It's just energy moving. And it's trying to tell you something. If you're worried about something, it means you care. So validate that you care. Right? And make sure you're breathing. And have gratitude. And know that it's okay to care. And just as you sit still, sometimes... A layer peels off. It's like, I don't have to be as worried as I thought. I just lost myself in the weather. And if this door closes, I don't get this opportunity, then I'm open to another one. So let your energy be open. If your energy is tense and dense, you will push opportunity away. If it's open and still and compassionate, you will draw people to you and they will want to give you opportunities. So it's likely it's your energy that's either creating or destroying opportunity. So open your energy up. Be okay with the weather. Find some stillness. Take a big deep breath in. And a really loud sigh out. Good job. David Gandelman. We're going to wrap this up with some three signature questions. And I love finding these things out because I find them to be so practical. And I get a lot of uh, response back from listeners saying, Ooh, I'm actually doing that. So the first one is uh, somebody was to put a post it on their desktop or someplace nearby as a reminder of what you just said or an episode or a mantra or some some other catchphrase that you use, what might that be? I mean, from our meditation, the first thing that comes to mind is it's just weather. Mm. Yeah. Checking the weather, checking the internal yeah. weather. I love that. And any books for somebody who would want to get started on learning how to meditate, the 101, the go-to that you would recommend? 
Sure. Um, first one that comes to mind is still The Power of Now, which I read when I was 16. I love. Um, the second one that comes to mind is The Untethered Soul, mm. Michael Singer. Yeah, those would be the first two. Um, and if you need a little career help finding purpose, um, my book, The Seven Energies of the Soul, is a very easy read, easier than the other guys because I'm not as brilliant. <laughs> so uh, I doubt it. Hopefully that, that one's helpful. Um, and there's a, there's a quiz too, the seven energies quiz that might help Ugh. you find out what kind of person you are, where your energies tend to lean, and that might help you on the job mm. search. Excellent. And just so I know, we'll put that, we'll put the links to those, uh, references and resources in the show notes. And then lastly, I'm dying to hear this one. What is your walk-up song? Walk up song like in wrestling when you're going to the ring, or like boxing. yeah, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, the first one that would come to mind would be an ACDC song. Oh. Uh, I'm not, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a couple that I just like. I love the energy of them. I grew up playing ice hockey, and they would play them, you know, before as the game. Oh, makes started. perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Some the sleep rock. guy and the meditation guy listening to this headbanger music. That's perfect. That's yeah. so great. I love that. <laughs> Please, all of you, I will also include the links um, to David's podcast, which is a must. It, it, I also did check it out on Listen Notes last night and it's in the top 1%. It's an amazing podcast. I live for it. I love the new episodes. When I get that notification, I want to like stop my day, take a nap so that I can <laughs> so I can go and go back to sleep with David. But um, appreciate you so much. And thank you for the gifts and the custom meditation that you did on the fly here. For all of you who are listening, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for giving us your ears and appreciate any feedback. You can always reach me at lauren at portfoliorocket.com. And please, of course, if you like this episode and other episodes, please go ahead and rate it and write a review while you're still conscious. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. And David will stop recording. And thank you for everything again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining today. We appreciate your listening ears. Big time. We ask this. Use these tools, not tomorrow, right now, and share them by spreading the love. Leaving us a rating and subscribe so you don't miss the next career blast in a half. Most of all, thank you for you.